0: the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Good morning and Merry Christmas. It's good to see you all this morning. I'm so glad we have the opportunity to gather, to continue to celebrate Christmas, and to Come to the manger and worship ourselves, for the Messiah is born. Christ has come in fulfillment of hundreds of years of prophecy. He's finally here, and so we gather in worship. If you've been with us this past month, you know that we have been anchoring our times together in the names of this promised coming one that the prophet Isaiah gave to God's people. Isaiah declared to the people that a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We began by looking at the story of Adam and Eve in Genesis, and we saw how we truly needed a Wonderful Counselor. Because as human beings, we are very prone to listen to very bad advice. We're prone to giving in to temptations that are offered to us from the very one who is bent on our destruction, the devil. And we saw how the gift of a very good creation, the gift of a perfect relationship with creator God was shattered through the disobedience and sinful act of Adam and Eve. We saw that there were consequences that came from that breach of relationship between them and God. But that even in that moment, God promised one who would come and crush the head of the serpent, defeat our enemy, Satan, once and for all. And then Pastor Chris showed us how the Messiah, when he came as Almighty God Himself, would arrive in a power that was so confident, so sure, that it could be expressed even through a tiny infant in a humble manger. The Messiah's might wouldn't need to impose itself by puffing itself up or through acts of violence. Pastor Ali walked us through the story of how the everlasting father declared that this coming one, the Messiah, would be born by two young parents in Palestine. And we learn from Joseph, What it means for us to be faithful to say yes to God, not just once, but every time we receive an invitation from God to join Him in what He's up to in our lives and in the world. And then last Sunday, Pastor Diane held up to us two rulers one, Herod, who was able to impose political compromise peace through his own will, through his political machinations, and then Jesus the Prince of Peace, the one, the only one who is able to offer peace with God as no one else possibly could. It's been fun and and so rich and meaningful to have our entire pastoral team share with us these Sundays of Advent, and I want to thank them for their excellent work in this series. When Isaiah spoke about the coming Messiah and he gave his people, gave us these royal names of the one to come, He went on to say of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This Messiah was going to be different than other rulers of his time when he came, In fact, Isaiah said, this Messiah, this king, will be different even than those other kings who ruled in the line of King David. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. It was the promise of God. This was a kingdom that was going to last forever, and a kingdom that was going to be built, apparently, on two pillars, justice and righteousness. Righteousness. Now for sure the people of God who were crying out for a Messiah, for a deliverer, long before Isaiah and for centuries afterward, longed and hungered for justice, justice for themselves. They longed for deliverance from their oppressors. And at the time of Jesus, when he finally arrived, the people of Israel were aching for relief from their Roman overlords. They wanted justice to be done, and so a king of justice, a kingdom of justice, sounded absolutely wonderful. The people longing for the Messiah would have also loved the idea of a king of righteousness. Because they wanted things to be made right. They looked at their world and they said, this this isn't right. This is upside down. And we want one who can turn things right side up. They longed for a leader who would be holy and right. And so justice and righteousness would have sounded like music to the ears of Isaiah's listeners. But one of the many surprises about the Messiah when he actually came is that he wouldn't use his throne to lord over his kingdom, wouldn't even use his power to exert political influence. But instead, this Messiah would establish a kingdom and then invite people into it. And so this meant that the Messiah would invite people to join him in being people Of justice and righteousness. Justice and righteousness weren't just qualities of the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one to come. They were actually the activities of his kingdom people. Now, this really shouldn't have come as much of a surprise to God's people, because Isaiah, the same prophet who declared these royal names of the Messiah to come, also delivered another message from God to God's people. And this one came at a time when the people were wondering, why isn't God paying attention to us? Why doesn't God seem to be noticing our, our worship, our prayers, our fasting, our acts of worship? Isaiah writes in chapter 58, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness, and your night will become like the noonday." Last week, Pastor Diane described how Jesus, the Prince of Peace, would be the one, would be the only one who could possibly reestablish and reconcile the broken relationship between God and the people he created. God himself became flesh, and a baby was born and placed in a manger. God himself came and became one of us and lived among us, Emmanuel, In all his life, he pointed the way to God. And in his death and resurrection, he opened the way back to God through the forgiveness of sins, through the receiving of eternal life, through a relationship with God through him. Jesus came as one of us so we can be saved. Jesus came as one of us, and as we are united to him in faith, as we come close to his righteousness, and we learn from it, and in a sense it wears off on us in that righteousness of Christ, just as he became like us, we get to become more and more like God. And this is what the the prophet Isaiah was talking about. When the people of God were asking God, why aren't you paying attention to us? Why don't you hear our prayers and pay attention to our festivals? The answer essentially was, well, because you're not acting like me, you're my people. Why aren't you behaving like I do? Now, God never wanted his people to forget that he was God and they were not, but he also never wanted them to forget that they had been called by his name, that they were supposed to reflect his goodness and his qualities. They were supposed to be like him as his faithful people. Through the prophet Isaiah, God told his people, You're supposed to be all about undoing chains. You're supposed to be all about relieving people of undue, onerous burdens, people who are working against injustice and oppression. He told the people to spend themselves on behalf of the hungry, to see the poor and to share generously with those who are in need. God does speak to his people a lot in the Old Testament About how they're supposed to properly worship Him. There are chapters upon chapters of instructions on building the tabernacle, on offering sacrifices, on holding festivals. There was a right and a wrong way to worship God. But here in Isaiah 58, and in quite a few other places in the Old Testament, God makes it clear that He's actually more concerned with how His people behave outside the temple outside the tabernacle? Are his people those who care about injustice and not just when it's directed at them? Are his people those who notice the oppression of others and seek to do something about it? Do his people respond when they encounter people in need? And God says that when his people can answer yes to these questions, then their light will rise in the darkness, their night will become like the noonday. We see Jesus come, the Messiah, and we see that he was all about these things. He didn't necessarily fulfill all the hopes of those who were looking for purely political solutions to injustice and oppression, but even though he didn't overthrow the Roman government, he released God's people from an even, even greater enemy, from the curse of sin and death itself. Jesus offered a way for people to be forgiven of their sins, to receive eternal life, to receive the Holy Spirit who would empower God's people to live exactly the way he commands them to live through the prophet Isaiah. This Christmas, if we recognize the earth-shattering event of the birth of Christ as one that's meant not just for us, but actually meant to have impact in the world around us, where can we start? Well, I think we can start certainly by looking again to our, our master, our teacher, Jesus Christ. And I invite you to join me in, in committing to reading once again through the gospel stories of Jesus in these first two or three months of 2022, for us to read again through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and to watch Jesus, to see him caring for the sick and needy, To see him listening to those caught up in power schemes, both those who are victims and the oppressors. To see Jesus honoring those whom society dishonors. To see him steering clear of many traditional expressions of power and might and authority. To see Jesus exuding power simply through who he is, God himself. And then to see him serve in utmost humility. And as we learn, we'll get to practice because it'll be all too easy to see that human need, injustice between humans, hasn't ended since the time of Christ's coming. We'll have opportunity to do these very things that God spoke to his people through Isaiah. We'll get to listen. We'll get to serve. We'll get to stand up with and for those who suffer. And we'll learn humility from our master. You may have heard that, that December 26th in Canada, in the United Kingdom, in some parts of the world is celebrated as Boxing Day. Now it's a little unclear where this name actually came from. It probably has several meanings. One of the oldest meanings is comes from the early practice of the Christian church to collect in boxes outside the sanctuary alms or Monetary gifts for the poor that would be collected and then distributed to those needy people around them on the feast of St. Stephen's, December 26, which is today. And so that practice is the basis of the Christmas carol, Good King Wenceslaus. Another meaning of the word comes from the fact that there was a practice among uh, many English masters to give the day after Christmas to their servants as a day off and to send them back to their homes with boxes full of gifts and leftover food so they could celebrate with their families. And in some places, it even became the practice for the masters and servants to trade places for a day and for the masters to serve the employees. Now, these are all kind gestures that I think might give someone a taste of the kind of work that God's inviting his people to through Isaiah Giving money to the needy once a year on December 26th is is thoughtful. It can make a difference. And it might lead a person who's inclined toward the justice work that God calls us to to think about in a whole new way this whole idea of resources and money and giving and spending. It might incline someone to ask, well, why are there poor and needy people in our neighborhood? What can we do? How can we hear their stories? And a boss who trades places with his or her employees for a day might come away from that experience and saying, this is kind of a broken system. This is kind of a lousy deal for my employees, and maybe I can make some changes in the year ahead. At Bethany, there are many things we do that have such a positive impact in our community. And I believe that they are an opportunity, an invitation for us to, to go even deeper to the kind of work God calls us to. We regularly collect groceries once a month and distribute them through food shelves. And I want to thank all those who participate in that that important project. And I think there's a possibility for us to learn more about, well, who are these people that receive that food? Who are the servants who are out there working in these, these ministry and service sites week in and week out? How might we make an even deeper difference? Everywhere that we are connected to ministries and opportunities for service outside our doors, whether it's through our missionaries, through local service projects, through the connections that I know many of you have in your communities and schools and workplaces, all those are opportunities to go deeper in answering this call of God to be people of justice and righteousness. The story of the birth of Jesus isn't a cute story about a cute baby. In the passage that was read from Luke 2, a man named Simeon spied the baby Jesus with his parents in the temple and knew that his lifelong dreams had been fulfilled. He was here. He saw the Messiah with his own eyes. But when he approached this young family, Simeon really really didn't come up as kind of a kind of a coochie, coochie, coo moment. This wasn't a cute moment. In fact, he took this baby, he blessed the family, but he said, this child is going to be a source of division. This child is going to become a polarizing leader. This is one who's going to dash the hopes of many, even as he inspires hope among so many. This is one who will ascend the throne of David in a whole new way. He would lead with might and power that had never before been seen. And he would lead with humility and sacrifice that had never been demonstrated. And he would invite people to join him, to join him in his kingdom, a kingdom built on justice and righteousness and humility, excuse me, and sacrifice. Christmas is about the coming of a king who calls his followers to this difficult and righteous task of working toward justice and against oppression even as we continue to share the good news of this kingdom. It's about a king who establishes a kingdom and then welcomes in fellow servants. A king whose people he promises will have righteousness go before them with the glory of the Lord himself as their rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness, and your night will become like the noonday. Amen. Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, Messiah and King, would you teach us to be like you? Lead us in this path of humility. Teach us how to put our energy toward those things that honor you and that bless the people around us. To put our energy towards acts of justice and righteousness and selfless service. Lord, keep us strong when we grow weak encouraged when the task becomes challenging, and focused on those things that you have told us truly matter. And in this season and always, keep our lips full of the good news that Christ, the Savior, is born. Amen.